Welcome to the Real Pill Podcast. This is your host, Kelsey Loizel. And with me today is my co-host, Mark Salcedo. Hi, Mark. Hi. I don't know. You know, I just realized I always do this, Mark Salcedo. Like I, I yeah, we have it. our thing, you know? It's just what we do. I know. You want to know why? Why? So I'm a prickly pear. Because you're a prickly pear? Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not a prickly pear. I'm like a prickly pear. Oh, you're like a prickly pear. Boy, I don't know why I kept thinking I said bear. Well, bears can be prickly, too. Yeah, when they're assholes. They're like, hey, I was sleeping. You're thinking metaphorically, not like actually prickly. No, I think bears are assholes. Look what they did to... Um, I know you never saw this movie, but Leonardo DiCaprio and the Revenant, Revenant just tore his I ass asunder. I did watch that Did one. you watch that? Yeah. <gasps> the one where he's like a frontiersman and shit. Yeah. Like that. <gasps> Tom Hardy. Yeah. I saw that one. Oh my God. <laughs> it's a rarity, but. No, because I wanted to watch that one with you and you watched it without me. <laughs> did I? Yeah. I remember going to see it in theaters. You didn't watch it with me. Uh, well, at least you watched it. I think I watched it with my mom. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure that's a joy to watch it with. <laughs> She wanted to be the bear. <laughs> she, oh, God. I just threw up a little bit in my mouth. Sorry, Lori. <laughs> if she's listening. Okay. Because I know she does. Yeah, she totally does. Um, we have Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram accounts. You can find us at therealappeal at gmail.com. I mean, therealappeal at, <laughs> sorry, Whew, take two. <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, you can find us at therealappeal to ease and real. Mm. You can also email us at therealappeal at gmail.com. Mm. And, you know, if you don't think I'm too stupid by this point, you can <laughs> go to it. iTunes and review Stupid. Us. <laughs> You're talking to somebody who's constantly, like, hitting the mic or flubbering his words and shit like that. Mm. <laughs> like I just did right now. Flummering. Flummering? Flummering. I think that might be a word. Um. Anyways, our segments this week are the news, our recent review of another round. Uh, we have a what the fuck did we just watch? <laughs> and it's going to be about Assassin 33 AD. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we are going to do our geriatric cinematic of leaving las vegas which came out in 1995 mm-hmm. mark what's our topic alcohol and invincibility i like the fact that you did change it <laughs> like what was it i think last week was uh i think i said the topic was uh boozing until it's no longer fun or some shit like that and you you you, you didn't even include that you're just like no, i'm just gonna change it i didn't even remember that uh, like i just made a new docket mm. <laughs> And that was it. Because <laughs> <laughs> somebody's knocking. Is that someone on the wall or is that Leia? Oh, that's probably... No, I think that's somebody hammering some shit. Because Leia's supposed to be in bed. Okay. And I told her we're recording, too. As, as we're recording right now, so everyone's like, wait, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, let's kick off the news. Um, Roku... Is nearing a deal to buy rights to Quibi's content. <clears throat> Sorry. So I remember we talked about this bit 
uh, when Quibi was going under and how fast that happened and how stupid they are. <laughs> um, and how all those content creators are basically mm. losing the rights to all of their stuff. Y- yeah. Um, I, if I remember correctly, I think we discussed about how um, uh, the people who were Quibi, were, they were trying to sell the product. They were trying to sell like all the content and stuff like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So um, now... I guess all of Quibi's movies and shows, they could be available to stream through Roku, the Roku channel, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, apparently they have their own content, which makes the sense. Roku but channel? I, I didn't really think about it because yeah. I had a really bad experience with Roku mm-hmm. when I had it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like dead set against Roku. Yeah. Roku, I know. Here's the thing. Okay, so this they is pretty, have a great idea, but their fucking actual hardware is uh, trash. Well, I think it's interesting because, like, so they have like a Roku channel, and I have watched programs on a Roku TV, but I've never ever seen anybody use the Roku channel, like the app, because yeah. it's a separate app. Well, remember the TV that I had when I was st- uh, living uh, with that one guy. Mm-hmm. When I was renting a room, um, that was, was a Roku TV. That was a Roku TV? Yeah, so we used oh, it for Netflix yeah, and yeah, stuff right, whenever right. I had the internet. Yeah. But um, but the thing always overheated and then turned off. Oh, okay, okay. And it didn't. It was worse if you had a Roku in a TV as opposed to the unit. I know. I do know of a couple of people who do use a Roku TV. Um one of them has probably not had the TV for more than a year, not even a year. So I, I don't know if it'll go, if it's faulty. And another one, um, I think she's been using the Roku. I think she's had a Roku TV for at least a couple of years. Yeah. But I, I'm always skeptic. I mean, this goes this goes way off the top. But I think I'm always skeptic about like the Roku TV, especially if it's like a company that like is not really known for making mm-hmm. television, as opposed to just like programs or. Um, Streaming, like a streaming uh, outlet or something like that. Yeah, not everyone has those buku dollars to buy an LG TV like I've got. <laughs> Jesus, that TV. I'm not going to lie. That's a nice fucking TV. I know. Pay and, for your buck. Yeah, and, and I don't have to buy a new TV every two years. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, like like I used to be a diehard Samsung fan. And Until I took a shit on you. i up the last two times that I've had a TV from them. So I've got a skeptic. I'm kind of worried when I have uh, my TV, my mom's, because it's a Samsung and I haven't turned it on like in six months. I'm like, oh. Yeah, but it's plugged in. Yeah. That's okay. At least it's getting a power source, ah, right? Okay. Like being in school, I learned that electronics have their own little battery power that has yeah. a very small charge to it and after, oh, yeah. after like six months if you don't turn it on mm. and if you allow it to go completely dead it's not good for the electronic but if yeah. you leave it plugged in and you don't turn it on that's something different that's fine <laughs> okay tv tangent over <laughs> so it's going <laughs> I always, I always this do has like, been ted talk i know i always like these little tangents we, we run off into <laughs> so wait what's going on with quibi what's how's, how's it gonna work out so uh there's no financial details mm-hmm. mcafee keeps popping up on my screen and blocking my view <laughs> um um so nothing's been finalized um and it's not clear if quibi's content would be distributed in like the bite-sized episodes that they were known for yeah or if they'd be like more like repackaged into like a traditional sense as far as episodes go um and Hmm. uh yep that's it i would imagine that they would 
whatever content that they have, they would just have to like slightly re-edit it to kind of like not have because whenever a little bit behind the scenes, whenever you're like you're shooting like let's say a thirty minute program or something like that, or not even thirty minutes, let's say you're just shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, you normally have an idea of when you're going to break. Let's say, okay, let's say like a TV show. You know, a TV show is generally about, let's say a half hour program, mm-hmm. it's generally about like 20 to 25 minutes. I think it's like 20 to 24 minutes. This is like including commercials and stuff like that. So while they're shooting, you know, the actors and everything, they have to like pause, right? Or mm-hmm. they have to wait for the cut, obviously. Um, and of course, within editing, that gives them time to like, what was funny? That just reminded me about when I was growing up, and I totally, I always found it really annoying when they would cut to commercial at a really suspenseful moment. Oh, yeah, be like, what? But then the time when they would come back, they would say the line again, but it wouldn't be with as much drama as when uh, they left, or, you know, like, or mm. something would be different. Yeah. And I'm like, it's totally fucking noticeable. Why'd they do that? Yeah, yeah. Why didn't they just replay that last part yeah. instead of doing a new... Thing? yeah like okay yeah. and you can you can get a sense and even if you like watch stuff that let's say was not uh let's say stuff that was made for television with commercials and everything and then you watch it let's say through a th- streaming service where there's no commercials mm. you can already kind of sense like oh this is where they do a commercial break like right here at this particular if you like just catch up real quick you're like this is where they did the commercial break i i always see stuff like that so i don't i've honestly never watched anything from quibi so or, I, you know what's even worse what is when something had its own commercial breaks on tv uh and then it's on like hulu with the oh, ads I, <laughs> so yes. you get the little weird cuts mm-hmm. for the commercial break that never come and then someone will be in the middle of a sentence and then the ads will come because their ads are placed differently yo there there was uh this kind of goes into like youtube uh what well, doesn't go into youtube youtube is like known for this i was like watching something it was like a cnm cnm cnn program um that you know it was like 30 minutes or something like this. so obviously this is, good, this is gonna be commercial there'll be like at least one commercial mm-hmm. and i'm watching it and i'm like I'm, I'm, I'm watching it and then i'm like doing some work and i'm listening to it and i'm like hearing it and whatever blah, blah blah and then all of a sudden it like shifts right it's like a serious news program and all of a sudden like the person talks about like <laughs> playing like some card game some digital card game or something I'm like wait what the fuck oh this is an ad <laughs> That's happened to me before. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell am I watching? <laughs> yeah. So, like, I don't know how Quibi, how Quibi did it. I don't know if they, they did 10 minutes and then had to, like, you know, they had to make the pause or the cut or whatever. Or if they just shot it, like, let's say, thirty, like a 30-minute program and we're just like, okay, we're going to cut here, we're going to cut here or whatever. So, it's kind of interesting to see they'll probably have to bring people in to like maybe re-edit it a little bit mm-hmm. so it can be like it's like an even flow instead of like because no one's gonna watch something that's 10 minutes you know it, it well, that's perfect right mm. oh, it, hit the mic <laughs> <laughs> if you get the program like if it's like a show mm-hmm. and it's like 10 up 10 minutes per episode yeah and you have like three of them yeah you're watching like a 30 minute show right there yeah you just put your commercials right in between that's it Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I find that because little, it's like every ten space. minutes. Yeah. Yeah, I have it with. Um, or make it a forty-five minute long program. That's not unheard of. Or maybe like like I don't. I've never used Roku, so I don't even know if Roku. If I've never used a Roku channel, so I don't even know if Roku channel has like ads or anything like that. I would imagine they do. They probably just be like, you know what? Let's just leave it like that and just put our ads or some shit. Like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, like they had one movie. 
fuck, we kind of talked about it a couple episodes ago. It was it had like Christoph Waltz and like one of the um, Hemsworth brothers. It's called like it's called like the it was called the Dangerous Game. There you go. It was called Dangerous Game and it was a movie, but it was in ten minute segments. Mm. So I think you got like a ninety minute movie like right there. Yeah. You know, you can just like watch it like that. Um, I'm curious about this. I <laughs> I think Roku was just like, hey. Let's get into this streaming war that everybody's in, and let's see if we can kind of like catch up. Mm. And it's just like, what? <laughs> okay, I guess. <laughs> That's kind of as off the wall as like. Crackle. No. Mm. But that just made me think of all the very white cracker commercials. <laughs> oh, that you've been coming across. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Those crack commercials are like, it's like obviously white. They're all white families and they're all, it's very culty. Yeah, very like cracker white, cracker crack crackness or some shit. It's like cracker like, yeah. What I'm saying, it's just off the wall. Like if um, Orville Redenbacher, the popcorn company was like, hey, let's make movies so more people buy our popcorn. You know what? I've heard crazier. KFC is making a gaming system that you can fucking cook chicken in. Not even joking. <laughs> Either you cook chicken or you can like keep your chicken warm. But if you lose <laughs> your chicken, gets cold. <laughs> what? <laughs> if you if you die, <laughs> you, you get salmonella poisoning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you die, they fling your chicken out the window. You'd be happy about yeah, that. Fuck, that would be you winning. Yeah, fuck KFC. <laughs> so, uh, what's next? Uh, okay, so th- this dropped today, which is uh, we're recording on a Monday. Um, apparently, Michael Keaton, not Ben Affleck, is going to be the DCEU's main Batman going forward. <sighs> I don't know how I feel about that. I'm bothered by this. I'm so bothered by this. Like I'm, I'm. You like you and I have had like some serious talks about like DC DCEU. I'm just like no, there's like this is good, this is not too bad, and everything. You're just like no, 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 yeah, no. Yeah. I'm I'm starting I'm starting to get, come more to your side. I'm really starting to come more to your side. Okay, so supposedly Michael Keaton is poised to be the future DCEU, uh, or oh, the future of the DCEU. Um, so the franchise. Mm-hmm. Like the DC DCEU had like shifted its kind of like connected storylines, like the MCU, um, and they're just kind of been going back and forth all, all over the place. So now we got like Robert Pattinson, who's like the new Bruce Wayne, and Matt Reeves Batman, which I've heard is supposed to be like a separate universe. There's no, uh, there's no news on like Men of Steel or anything like that. Whereas Wonder Woman three is, is in the works. Aquaman two is supposed to be in the works, but like. Supposedly, they're not going to be connected anymore. Um, so, it had been rumored that they were going to ha- somehow connect the old Batman, like the Michael Keaton Batman, with the Flash. Which, actually, I take that back. He is he is going to return, right? It was a rumor, and then they yeah. confirmed it. Yeah, but supposedly, supposedly it was going to be like an alternate universe. You know, like the Batman. Like a different world. Yeah, yeah, because there's like... I mean, there's like, let's say, there's like the Arrowverse. That runs its own separate thing. They have their own Flash, own Batman, own Superman, and everything like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and with the Flash movie, they're going to somehow like start combining like these Batmans. Um, 
So there was that a. That makes me think of like a Megatron made <laughs> a out mega- of di- different Batman. George Clooney, Val Kilmer. Yeah, George Clooney's the left arm. <laughs> Val Kilmer's the right arm. Yeah, Michael my, Keaton's the head. I say Michael Keaton would be the heart. I say okay, he'd be, he'd, the heart. he'd be the chest plate. Yeah, he'd be the chest plate. Yeah. Um, so they're saying that like it's it's getting kind of the story's kind of muddled. Says reports were quickly to emerge about Michael Keaton's DCEU role, but it later became clear that he won't be he won't be the only Batman in the Flash movie. Um, supposedly, like Ben Affleck was going to come back as well. Okay, and let me see. Affleck will be back thus far. Uh, fans hope that he's back for good. He says, "Well, that's no longer the case." Uh, DC Films President Walter Hamm. I'm sorry, Hamada gave an interview with uh, NYT where he outlined the future of the franchise, okay? He said, um, we're going to see two different film sagas involving Batman, played by two different actors running at the same time. Okay, so then we have Pattinson's Batman. Um, and on social media, Nesser Keen reached out uh, reached out to the writer of the piece, uh, Brooke, Brooke Barnes, for clarification. Barnes confirmed the second Batman will be Michael Keaton. So, I don't know what they're doing with this. Um, it's you know what it is. What? It's like it's like the masked singer, but from <laughs> <Okay>. Batman. <laughs> like who will be Batman this week? <laughs> um. Let me see. Let me see. The news broke that uh, a while ago that Keaton was going to be in a type of like Nick Fury s role, like how the MC- in the MCU how Nick Fury brought the Avengers together and all this kind of stuff. Um, it says, sounds like those plans are still in motion uh, as DC is aiming to keep Keaton around for a second uh, for the second of their so-called film sagas. Um, they still don't know. Like this, like I said, this is all like. It's not really rumors. This is more just like people putting stuff together, and this is what seems to be the, what the most uh, founded story is, or truth to the validity to the story. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay, so Bunky's always shit. Yeah. Okay. If he's going to come back as Batman, people are theorizing that this is going to be the Batman Beyond that fans have been begging for. Like the old Batman? The old Batman. And it's perfect. And honestly, it is perfect. I mean, Michael Keaton, everyone knows Michael Keaton as Batman. I mean, he's played Beetlejuice. He's my Batman. He's your Batman. Michael Keaton's your Batman. He's my Batman as well. Except for the animated one, which is more... That's that's the voice of Batman in my head. Kevin Conroy is just like, boom, like right there. Same as Mark Hamill's Joker. Yeah. So sweet, mean Kevin Conroy. Get goosebumps thinking about that sometimes. (laughs) Um, So... Yeah, people have been like speculating, like or fans have been like wanting this Michael Keaton to come back as Batman, but like as an older Bruce Wayne, and we get a Batman Beyond movie. Now, Batman Beyond movie, it's possible, but WB's got to be willing to shell out like Blade Runner s type money, like Blade Runner twenty forty nine. That is like the Batman Beyond world. It's like super high tech, super crazy, and shit like that. Um, but also, WB is stupid, and I, I wouldn't put it past them to try to run Michael Keaton past people as like a 40-year-old man that's instead why, of like a 60-year-old man. That's why I'm not too thrilled about this, because it's it's showing, it's, it's WB showing that they still don't know what the fuck they're willing, like, they don't know where to go. Mm-hmm. They don't know what to do with this. They don't know what to go, to go with this whole thing. I'm keen to like Matt Reeves' um, Batman that's coming out, even though I'm hearing rumors that are like Robert Pattinson and Matt Reeves are like button heads and everything. But mm-hmm. I've heard I've heard that of Robert Pattinson. 
What? That he's difficult to work with? That he can't because he's too. That he can be too method, oh. and it kind of like takes away sometimes from like no. This is from a uh, from a director standpoint, it takes too much away from like their vision. Yeah. Um. I don't like. I said, I I'm hoping it's Batman Beyond. At the same time, I'm hoping it's not because WB has continuously just been in like fucking dropping the ball. Like you don't want them to do it, and it's shit. Oh yeah, this is one I definitely don't want them to do. That is shit. Like I love Batman Beyond. I love. Like they will throw that opportunity away. Is what you're saying? You don't want them to do that. Yeah, like I feel that like if they did do it, like well, let's say if they let's say if they do a Batman Beyond movie, they get the director, and. The director, I would hopefully be a fan of the series, and he's like, I need this, this, this done. I need this budget, this budget, this budget. And then WB be like, okay, we'll do it. And then they just start taking that money away. And next you know, they're just like, well, we just got to work with what we got you, boy. So, and you can never reuse Michael Keaton in that sense again. Yeah, seriously. Unless like you wait until Ben Affleck hits like 70. You know, he's like 50-something now. I still but- haven't seen him as Batman, so I could give two shits about him. <sighs> oh, I can't wait for have, to have you watch those movies. <laughs> you keep threatening me. I'm not threatening you. Well, you haven't made good on it, so I think you're just talking. Okay. All right, all right. Sounds like a challenge. Sounds like a challenge. Okay. <laughs> I think I think the DCEU's uh, like the Before Justice League is up on HBO Max. I know. It, I think it is. Oh man, should make you watch. It. I'm gonna make you watch it. You're gonna watch it. <laughs> I know, that sounds so threatening. <laughs> Um, but this story, like, is continuously developing. I mean, this Flash movie, which is supposed to, it's supposed to come out in 2022. Mm. There's a Black Adam movie that, that The Rock swears is going to come out. Um, there's James Gunn's Suicide Squad movie, which that's the only thing I'm stoked for. And that's because it's just James Gunn. Yeah. Not because it's WB. I think, honestly... They're probably just throwing shit at the walls now. Like, let's see what sticks. Let's see what sticks. I'm excited for the the James Gunn movie. Mm-hmm. You know why? Why? Because I want it to be bad. You know why? Why? Because you know James Gunn is fucking good. So why would you want it to be bad? Because that would mean WB is more shit than you even think they are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that like the shit that I know they are, but that you know yeah, that yeah. you will finally come to my side. I mean, not. I mean, James Gunn. He said he, they gave him a lot of freedom <laughs> to do what he wants. I mean, James Gunn's a good director. Yeah, I know. Uh, and they're they're trusting the they they like the the material James Gunn has presented so much that like John Cena's character, the Peacemaker, is getting his own HBO Max show. Yeah, but then there's post production. <sighs> That's right. I've heard stories of studios like locking fucking directors out of the editing room and just like here i mean most famously is fucking david Ayer's um suicide squad like the, the people who edit that they fucked up that whole movie yeah it, why aren't people asking for the suicide squad like no, no, david Ayer's cut they are people have been asking about that you know what no, that we did we did report on that yeah yeah you know what i wouldn't mind seeing that because i know that david well actually you know what I take that back. I just remembered fucking the ca- the tax collector. <laughs> Never mind. I don't want to see that movie. <laughs> I don't want to see that garbage. You ass. know what the tax collector was? A tax on my brain. That was his midlife crisis after they it, fucked him over so bad from the Suicide probably. Squad. He's like, 
Suicide Squad. Suicide. Like, he was all fucking yeah. tweaked out and shit. He had to go back to, like, his, his earlier days of, like, shooting in L.A. and, like, that gangster life. And he was like, no, I still got it. I still got it. Uh, you probably don't, Doug. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's what's, that's what the news on Michael Keaton, so, you know, he's going to, he's going to come back as Batman. They're going to do some type of separate, un- separate film sagas. And apparently he's coming back as Batman, but they don't know if it's like Dark Knight Returns Batman, where it's like an Asian Batman or if it's like Batman Beyond or what. But I mean, it seems like they're going to, they're giving Keaton a more, um, prominent role in the DCEU. Made me think of what they did with Spider Man. You know those different versions of Spider Man, and you have that one meme where they're like pointing fingers at each other and shit. <laughs> yeah. and, like the DC, he's like, "Wow, that really worked for them five hundred years ago." Well, let me do it now with Batman. <laughs> yeah, they they, they <laughs> failed to miss it. That was just a joke. <laughs> they, oh, people want that. Yeah, they totally want that. <laughs> yeah. All right. You good? Okay, we're going to do our recent review of Another Round. The synopsis is four friends, all high school teachers, test the theory that they will improve their lives by maintaining a constant level of alcohol in their blood. Directed and written by Thomas Vinterberg, also written by Tobias Lindum. Um, it stars Madness Mickelson as Martin, uh, Thomas Bolarson, Magnus Milong, Lars Rantha, and Maria Bonavi. Mm-hmm. Hi. Hey, what's going on? What did you think about this movie? I like this movie. Yeah. Holy shit! I I I did not expect to. This movie does this one thing I it, that. It, it really took me it really uh took me by surprise normally if i see a movie that where um like a character deals with alcoholism or let's say drug abuse or anything like that you normally like you'll have the highs and then you'll definitely have like the hard lows like the really really like down like kill me now lows yeah like the really like oh wow this is like really fucked up this movie doesn't do that i mean it does it, it doesn't to an extent but like at a more realistic like hey this is a bad thing and let's stop it before it gets worse. Yeah, they're not trying to kick you while you're down. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so this movie, I remember we were watching this together, and I think we were like maybe like an hour into it, and I think we had to pause it for something. Maybe I had to like get a drink or something like that. I think you brought Leia some food or something. Yeah, yeah. And there was like an hour into it, and I was like, yo, this movie was like really fucking fun. I'm really enjo- I enjoyed that first hour. Mm-hmm. Like a fuck ton. Um it's uh it's a danish film so you know it's 
it's all subtitles and i know people have issues with that you know i don't want to read what i watch or whatever but this is like definitely like an enjoyable and a very relatable movie i have a fix for that what's that hire a bunch of translators <laughs> while you're sitting there yeah. so someone's just talking at you <laughs> trying, yeah. and they're trying to like act it out too it's yeah. um, multiple characters <laughs> um so i the movie the movie really it doesn't just cover like you know alcohol like al- like alcoholism and stuff like that i mean the synopsis it, 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 it follows like relationships and yeah. like the way people handle issues, different issues, whether it's the friends or the students or anybody. Yeah, and yeah, and also like feeling like that you're like stuck or if you've kind of like lost your identity and you don't know what you're doing with yourself. Like, it, it, like there's this whole like plot where they start covering that, um, and then alcohol is just like, it, this is what this is the best way I can kind of like summarize this movie. It's like having a drink with like a close friend and just like talking about stuff, mm. like talking about like life and then like how everything comes out. And this movie kind of like really does it in a very, it does it in a funny way and it does it in a serious way and it does it. Um, it's it's like wonderfully acted, especially but like of course it's Matt Mickelson. I mean, fuck, it's Matt Mickelson. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the direction, and the writing is really great. How do you say it's Thomas Vinterberg? Uh, Vin Vinterberg. Vinterberg. Um, and I have to give it props to this guy. Uh, for his ability to direct this movie because mm-hmm. um what i read is one of the hit, the kids in the movie matt mickelson's like uh, someone who plays uh because he has two sons in this movie mm-hmm. originally it was supposed to be a son and a daughter and the daughter was going to be played by the director's child mm-hmm. but she ended up dying like four days before they started filming oh no yeah and this dude like still made this movie he still like powered through it and everything like that it but it's probably a form of therapy for him yeah and i felt like i honestly feel like he i don't know whatever he was going through was like in the film like it was it bled into the film but not in a negative way like he put more heart into it yeah and more of, of like a celebration of like life and shit like that mm-hmm. um yeah i didn't know that yeah, I think I found it out like maybe two days ago or something. I was like, oh shit, so this is the movie I kept hearing about. You know what I, I liked most about the movie? Hmm. And it's not giving anything away, but they really play with your emotions on will he or will he not break out his dance moves? Oh, Mad Mickelson? Yeah. <laughs> like literally, they kept bringing it up. I'm like, am I going to see him dance? <laughs> am I going to see him dance? Aww. Aww. And I think, like, you and I were talking about that, we were like, I wonder if he really wasn't, like, well, like a ballet. like, I bet you he's classically trained. Yeah, and I looked at it, I was like, yep, he studied ballet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what did, you, what did you think about this movie? Other than the emotional roller coaster if Matt Mickelson was going to dance or not. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually really did like the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, so it's weird because Mads Mikkelsen, I'm used to seeing him in Hannibal. That's when I was really introduced mm. to him. And he's not as polished in this film as he is oh, yeah. in Hannibal. Yeah. Um, But it's funny that he, for how fucking suave he is in Hannibal, mm. he definitely doesn't lose any of that, like, attraction or whatever mm-hmm. in this film in the role that he plays. Mm. Um. And, and you're not saying that as a negative, are you? No. Like, I'm saying he doesn't lose any of that attraction, even though he's not, like, as polished, like, wearing all those fucking suits and his hair slicked back and shit. Yeah, every time, like, every time I would see Matt Mickelson, like, outside of film, he's wearing, he's looking slick as fuck, you know? Or he's looking like he 
even his in his leisure clothes looks expensive as shit yeah um i've seen a couple stuff where like he just kind of looks like whatever Mm -hmm. uh there's like this movie i think it's called like valhalla rising i think it's called where but it was like set in like medieval times so obviously he would look like trash Mm. but still it was just like yo he looks clean as fuck anyway yeah (laughs) and not saying that he's like too pretty to be rough um but he would he definitely looked rough oh yeah 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 that's what i was getting yeah yeah that's what i was getting at yeah yeah like he's still pretty even when he looks rough he's not too pretty to pretty to be rough you were just undressing him with your eyes or something like that you remember looking at you and thinking like is this your first i don't care about his body per se Uh uh-huh just how he carries himself mm-hmm. and like his face i don't know without making any expression at all he can tell a thousand stories with his face oh yeah oh yeah absolutely that's what i like i don't know there and his face is like an odd amalgamation of like i don't know angles and shit that shouldn't work <laughs> but they look really good on him <laughs> like i don't know yeah i get what you're saying yeah i tell you what you're saying um like if you if you face mashed him with Steve Buscemi, <laughs> ooh Jesus, <laughs> that would be a nightmare. Uh, just I mean, I mean Steve Buscemi, if you're listening, I know you are. I mean, <laughs> the guy's face is a nightmare all around. Oh my God! But he's a real hero. Oh, because of the nine eleven thing. Yeah, yeah. Because he was a firefighter even before he was an actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. I liked. I liked his performance. Mm. His friends, I could kind of take or leave. Mm. Um, one of the one of his friends was really good. Um, not Tommy. Tommy was a soccer soccer player. It wasn't uh. him, and it wasn't. I think it was Peter. Okay. I liked him. I think Peter was the 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 psychology teacher. Yeah, so I liked him, but mm. the thing. Um, about this film is that when you get a bunch of guys together, you expect it to be, what's that one movie that, um, Morgan Freeman was in? It was like a bunch of old men getting together in Las Vegas. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Was it with, I, I, I have an idea. It was, a few, it? It was only a few years ago. Uh-huh. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I mean, I, I served you wrong. Peter was a piano player. Um, his name is. Nicola, Nicola ja, or something like that. Nicolaj. Nic- yeah, Nicolaj. He's a psychology teacher. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. So yeah, so Morgan Freeman played like an old grandpa, and he was hanging out with a bunch of old men in like mm. Las Vegas, and it was very much like. Um. I think, let me hear. Keep talking. Let me find it out. Like that one movie with that um. Brad. With Brad. Pitt? Oh, you talking about not Brad Pitt. The one where they go to Las Vegas and they're drinking. Leaving Las Vegas? No. Fuck. You talking about you talking about uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas where no. they're doing a copious amount of drugs? Swingers? No. <laughs> more re- more recent. I think it had like who's that Asian actor who's a comedian? He played in I think Parks and Rec. Oh, you're talking about a Hangover. Yeah. Ugh, it was very was much like that. The even the Morgan Freeman one, I, f- I feel like I didn't watch it, but the trailers yeah. really sold it like that, but with old men. I think it's going in style. Maybe no, I saw that one. That wasn't it. <laughs> Damn, that's like a. I saw that one with my mom. He said Morgan Freeman in Vegas. I think he was in it. Yeah. Watch it's not even Morgan Freeman. It was after. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't put it past me at this point and i know who he is <laughs> okay hold on okay hold on let me find it hold on uh oh 
It's not called Las. It's called Las Vegas. <laughs> Las Vegas. Las Vegas. Yeah, okay. that's that's the one. Okay, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, with uh, John. Let me see. Oh wow, John Turturro directed that. Robert De Niro, Michael Duck. Wow, Morgan Freeman, Kevin Klein. Wow. Yeah. Who he is. 40%, it's 46% on Rotten Tomato. That's a bad movie. Anyway, so you say, are you saying another round kind of remind you of that movie? Like the, the, the bondness between the guys? No, I, I'm saying that when you get a group of guys together oh, okay, okay. and they're drinking, you expect it to go that way. Oh, okay. And gotcha, honestly, gotcha, there were gotcha. times where I kind of felt like they wanted to go in that direction. Mm-hmm. But I felt like Mads Mikkelsen always grounded it. Like he wasn't oh, a bummer okay. or anything, but yeah. he really brought like some sort of calm like level-headed thinking or something to it that was it didn't let it get out of hand yeah he was like the center it's funny how you say that because yeah he was like the center of the group like you're saying he would not let it get out of hand yet he was the one who was starting to get out of hand with the drinking i mean not mm-hmm. not so much more than tommy's the thomas uh larson's character i mean his character wasn't the alcoholic um but i get what you're saying yeah because i and i think that actually goes to like american stories storytelling i was gonna say that yeah american the the center is always the person who fucks everything up yeah and i guess like in a film like this and that's not american mm-hmm. the center can be calm and like thoughtful yeah I and gotcha. the the outer line characters could be mm. crazy or whatever. Not all of them were, but you know. Yeah. Um, and I, it wasn't and it wasn't cheesy like how Americans do shit too. Like. Yeah, even though there were like scenes that would come off as cheesy, um, in an American film, like there's a scene where like this is not spoiling anything, but like where like a class is like cheering or whatever like that. Like they would in American cinema, they would they would like. It would be Over- like the ending of Shrek. Yeah, it'd be like, yeah. <laughs> yes, they're like in the swamp, and everybody's like, yeah, we got a swamp bat. Uh, but no, it would be like overplayed with like dramatic, like crescendo music or some shit like that. But this one, it's just like, no, this is like the beginning of his story, you know? Yeah. Even that's like a great moment where there's a connection between uh, a group of people. It's mm-hmm. not like, it's not selling this cheese. You're just like, oh, okay, I can totally see why that would work. Even in a regular class setting. And actually, I kind of thought it started off cheesy, but then I'm mm. like, I totally get this now. Mm. Like, it it was just how I thought it was going to go, and it definitely didn't go the way I thought it would. Yeah, and um, one thing that was very enjoyable with this one, it was uh, the, uh, the direction. Um, there was like a series of... Uh, I always like it when whenever they shoot a movie and they're making it like a medium to like close-up shot to like within the characters like a dialogue and stuff like that and they give it like a handheld kind of motion into it mm-hmm. you know because if you have it as, a, as how i see it, if you have it too steady it's too formal but when it was when it's like supposed to be with real people mm-hmm. and like a real kind of like you know situation where you can't control what's happening like mm-hmm. you know like just living life you it's very free will. It's very free form. I thought everyone lived their life on a gimbal. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> like right now you're in a gimbal. I'm in a gimbal. <laughs> yeah, so nothing okay. about nothing is shaky at all. Oh yeah, yeah. Everything's shaky around me. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> but not you, cuz you're in a gimbal. No, I'm the shakiest thing. I'm the one causing all the shake. Mm. <laughs> you're like, yeah, that makes sense more. <laughs> um you want to hop into the spoiler section? Yeah. Okay, folks. So uh, for those who have seen another round, we're going to get into the spoiler section. Um, 
for those who have not seen it, we're going to give you guys a spoiler bumper. So, you know, you can skip ahead and then come back later when we're done with the segment. And here's your spoiler bumper right about now. You never shake shake your shoulders like that. And I, I like that time. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even talk. You liked it that much. I was like, mm, I'm just going to shake my head on this one. <laughs> um, I made you speechless. I know. So is there is there any like particular scene or moment that like stuck out for you with this movie? Um. Yes. It's really like for me, I like the subtle moments of things mm-hmm. like you have to really like film or understand human emotion or like not be dead on the inside to enjoy these types of things mm-hmm. um there was a moment towards the beginning where mads mickelson is i think he's waking up mm-hmm. and his wife is leaving to go to work oh yeah yeah like uh, he's like looking at some book or something like that right it's like at nighttime. I think it is nighttime, and he's, mm. like, wanting to talk to her. Yeah, I know what scene you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, and, like, you could see it all over his face. It's almost like a fear that, like, shit, like, I am nothing. Oh, yeah, like, he didn't want... He was, like, reaching out for her, like, yeah. like I'm not boring, am I, like... Yeah, and he's, like, afraid of the answer that he his his suspicions might be correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really like that scene because you could mm. see it all over his face. Oh, yeah. Even though he wasn't acting that much with his face like it's weird Matt's McPherson can act with his body without moving I get what you're saying I think it's like uh, I think it's like his presence something about his presence kind of like it like evokes like he went like this what the what the character is thinking you know (laughs) he went to like some out of the way like Tibetan temple to learn how to act or some shit (laughs) did he really oh uh, I thought you're like whoa did it like I would not be surprised <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's okay. believable, right? Yeah, it's totally like, believable. Like yeah. it's like he did something like that, and he learned how to like act with his chakra or some shit. <laughs> yeah, that's it's bleeding into like our, our screens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, there, I'm trying to think of like one particular thing. There was one one moment I really liked in the in the movie was um uh like the interaction he had with the kids. Actually, not even just him. Um, the guy who played Peter, I even liked his interaction with the kid uh, who was trying to get into medical school. And yeah. how he was, like, consoling him and everything like that. Yeah. And, um, and like, even, like, the even like the fact that, like, they were, the study that they were, the study that they were doing about how alcohol can affect you in a positive way, how the character Peter, like, essentially tells the kid, like, have a sip of this. Of, or three. Yeah, or three. And I'm not going to lie. There were, I mean, anybody who's had a drink knows that after a few sips, you become more confident. You get a bit more courageous. Uh, <laughs> were you trying to say creative or courageous? Courageous. <laughs> so In some cases, creative. Like, there have been times where, like, I've gotten drunk, and I'm like, y'all can, like, I'm writing well, some they, shit. They you actually know? cover that, too, with, mm-hmm. um, with a... Like someone, like an artist or something, they were talking about who learned who could play the piano, but like he wasn't sober or drunk, and he could he stopped drinking at eight o'clock at night. Oh yeah, well those are two separate arts. They were talking about um, 
they were talking about a piano player who couldn't play drunk or sober. He had a had a he found a middle. Um, the piano player escapes me, but they they were they did refer a lot to Ernest uh, Ernest Hemingway, mm-hmm. uh, how he would drink constantly, stop stop at eight and then write the next day. Yeah. Um, even though, I mean. Hemingway's work back then was seen like brilliant, but like nowadays it's kind of seemed like, all right, the dude was just kind of an asshole. <laughs> um, but I mean, but like he's Ernest, he's Ernest Hemingway. I mean, this is a Danish film. They're talking about an American writer. Yeah. You know, they're trying to use that. Plus they had a mirror, like American music sometimes, one time. Oh yeah, the meters was play. They, <laughs> I got to talk to that director. Like, yo, dude, you got the meters in your fucking movie? What, how do you know about them? <laughs> um... Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed that scene. Um, and then there's a scene too where Mads is um, at Thomas's, like Tommy's house, oh, house? or whatever. Yeah, like he'd been waiting for him to wake up. He yeah. took care of his dog for him. Yeah. Um, and different things. And Tommy, Tommy was like. I can deal with not drinking alcohol, even though I tried to offer you a drink twice and you yeah. said no. Like. I'm totally good. Don't come over ever again. Yeah, I don't think he was doing it to be... I don't think he was doing it to be rude. I think he just wanted him... He didn't want... Um, he didn't want judgment, honestly. Mm-hmm. I like. I think I can understand that. Because definitely, like, there are times, even being on the diet, mm-hmm. where I'm like, okay, I'm going to wait for Mark to leave, and I'm going to eat this. <gasps> oh, you do that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not often, but yeah. I'm hurt. Why? Oh, my God. I thought we were going. We were going on this together. No, because I was going at it harder than you at one point, and you're like, "No, I'm gonna eat this, I'm gonna eat that," and you were going off the diet all the time without me. Yeah, and now I'm back on the diet. You should get back on it too. I am back on it. <laughs> As you roll your eyes, I, <laughs> I was good today. Mm. I haven't had any bread today except for that, that half a burger that you and that gave pita, me. and that pita bread. Yeah, okay. and that's food that you gave me. You didn't have to eat the pita bread. And you could have said no to the burger. You ate that shit with me. And you could have said no. I'd have been like, all right, understandable. Stop it. I know. I know. I'm pulling your leg. I'm pulling your pigtails. Um, so <laughs> let's talk. We have to talk about the dancing. <laughs> we got to talk about the dancing. First of all, mm-hmm. most people who are very tall mm-hmm. look awkward as shit when they dance. Okay. Because they're just, they take up a whole entire room just because of how tall they are and they're all stretched out. Mm. He didn't look that awkward, but he definitely looked a little rusty, but he still looked like he was having a lot of fun and he had more rhythm than probably most people do. Okay. Um, But it was still kind of weird because... I don't know if it was good dancing or bad dancing. That's the thing. Like, there wasn't anything spectacular about it, but it wasn't bad. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't what I wanted to see either. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Like, I would want to see him do some real shit, like real ballet dancing, or maybe he like did some other kind of dancing that was cool or whatever. But he did this really, like, he's the guy that you see. When you go to, you know, Chinatown summer nights mm-hmm. and he's really into it and everyone all around him is just kind of bobbing their heads, but he's like going all out. Mm. It's kind of like that. Okay. So 
Yeah, he was pretty rusty. He hadn't danced professionally in like 30 years. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, he did. I read somewhere that I think they rehearsed. Oh, there we go. Um, it, it took about two days to shoot that scene. And uh, Mickelson danced about four or five hours per day to get that shot. Mm-hmm. I thought, okay, I thought the dancing was great. And I th- and the reason why I thought it was great is because I seen I seen people way younger than him try to pull that off, and they can't pull that off for shit. Like when he was like throwing his body like up and around, uh, like like spinning his body around mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like if I tried that, I'm gonna fall and break my hip, like straight up. And I'm just I'm I'm pr- I would say I'm maybe a little bit more limber than he is. Yeah, it's just one of those things. Like maybe he made it look easy, but it didn't look. Like, so I'm not, I feel like we're going down a road where you're going to tell me I hated it or something. No, 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 girl, you have your opinion. And, and I didn't hate it. Mm-hmm. I just wanted it to be spectacular and it wasn't. Okay. Like. You hated it. No, no, I'm joking. I'm so joking. Okay, well, here, let me, okay, let me try to convince you. Let me try to bring you to like what I saw on it. Okay. Sorry. Let's see if you can, let's see if you hop on board. Um. I get it. You say you want to be They're going to flub my words again. Spectacular. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think it, I think it was spectacular. Spectacular for in the realm of what we were watching. You know, we are essentially watching like this sixty-seven-year-old man dancing around in, in celebration. What was that? What's that chuckle for? You put it in the perspective of it being spectacular in the realm of what they were going through or whatever in that like, world. No, no, just like just like that. You know, like you could never expect to see a guy like that actually dance like that. In front of those kids, especially like the fact that this character who had been so kind of like closed off and within himself, he has a few drinks and is like, no, he's like, a, he's like youthful again. Like life is being pumped back into him. The symbology of it was great. Mm, I, okay. I totally got that. Okay. I was just talking about the dancing <laughs> itself, which wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't, you know, something you would expect from someone who had been classically trained, even mm-hmm. if you've been rusty. Mm-hmm. However, now that I think about it, mm-hmm. I think the fact that he was a dancer is part of his body language. Like, he has such great... Oh, like groove and like moving around. No, like... um, posture. Oh, uh, okay. The I way gotcha. he carries himself, I guarantee you, is from that background. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what... I mean, this is somebody who hasn't really been classically trained at all, but I know that it, it, it does have to do with your posture. If you have bad posture, you, you might as well not dance at all. Yeah. Um, which I think is why he, like, he's he's such a perfect Hannibal Lecter. Because he walks so, like, confidently how Lecter would do it. Which, fuck, I wish he would play Doctor Doom. I wish Marvel would give him his Doctor Doom. He's perfect Doctor Doom. Sorry, <laughs> tangent. <laughs> um, oh, Okay. We because we kind of we were kind of beating around it, uh, beating around the bush, uh, prior to the spoiler section. But like, um, the the writing, you know what they were trying to say and everything like that, right? Um, okay, so I I do have one complaint about the about the film. Um, so we follow like Matt Mickelson's character, but obviously there are more issues with these other characters with like Tommy, Peter, and what's it? Nicolaj or something. Nicolaj. Nicolaj. Nicolaj seems to have like some serious issues with his wife, who's obviously way younger than him. The right? one with the kids and the wedding, the bed. Yeah. 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 There's obviously a deeper. I didn't issue. think she was that much younger than him, but also she was a fucking bitch. 
I, I get that. And I, <laughs> yeah, there, I, there were times, um, hey, you said it, not me. <laughs> there were times where I was like, that girl can be like, be a serious bitch sometimes. But I was still kind of like, I understood why she was upset because she's taking care of like these three kids, you know, like that seemed like she had them like relatively pretty close. Um, but I feel like there was, there should, be, there was a scene that's like missing of them reconciling because by the time we get close to the end of the third act, mm-hmm. apparently everything's great. But like, what happened? I want to know what happened between the two that made it work out so so great. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> I'm sorry, but think, like, you know, like, uh-huh. they're both children. They're adults, but they're children. Yeah. I really don't care what they did. Mm-hmm. I, I saw the characters that I cared about, except um, they kind of keep what happened to Tommy mm. out. Like, they talked about, oh, you guys, like, there are some teachers who are drunk, and then he shows up really fucking wasted. And then he's just like, you know he got fired, but, like, they Mm. don't really show the spiral. Yeah, that's another thing I was going to say. They don't really show the spiral of that character. Which I wanted to see. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought Annika doing a 180... Mm. Was kind of not earned. You talking about the texting? Like, yeah. Mm, I th- okay. I think it was earned, but only because it was during text. If she was there at the wedding, I mean, sorry, at the fun- at Tommy's funeral, and then they worked it out, then I would have been like, that's a little bit too unbelievable. But they had one meeting, mm. and it seemed like she was pretty sure she didn't want to be with him. There was not mm. really any going back and forth for her. I didn't get that sense from her that there was, I thought, I, I felt like that she was still struggling with the idea of leaving him or, or making it finalized that like they were through and done. It with. felt to me more like she felt guilty, mm. but not that she loved him. Mm, Just, okay. I felt guilty that I hurt you, but I'm not interested in you anymore. I can't do this. I didn't get that sense. I think that she still did love him. Um, especially like the, the, the times where, I mean, I, obviously I, I could have read this wrong, but like when they were talking at the table mm-hmm. and she wouldn't make eye contact with him that's shame i know see you take it as a shame i think it as, i take it as like she doesn't want to admit that she still had feelings for her. i'm sure i know there was some shame there but i saw more of like there still is love more so than like shame so people who have the opportunity to talk to other people that they've been married to for a long time mm-hmm. and that person is professing their love for you and if you love them back mm-hmm. You, no matter what, that love is going to come out in one way or the other. And usually it's going to be through tears. Not like, I'm kind of crying, but I got to leave. Well, I mean, different stories are different folks. That's not believable. No, no, I don't, I don't think so. I think it was pretty believable. I mean, not from just having, not just saying like, oh, she had to be tearing. Like, I didn't, I didn't say that she had to be tearing to like telegraph like the struggles that she was going through. Yeah, I just don't see it. And she was just like, mm. I thought, you, like, I no, she was like, I thought we were here to talk about yeah. the, the logistics of our children. Yeah. If you talk to me about anything else, I'm leaving. Yeah. That's not love. I know. I'm not saying that's love. I, what I'm saying is it's the stuff she didn't say was, was telegraphing. And the fact that she cheated on him and yet he was like, I want us to work this out. I still love you. You know, it's and she had even seen that there was a change 
um, before like the whole reveal of her cheating on him was mm-hmm. already, was already coming out. So just the fact that she said that like I don't you know I don't when she and that's the thing she didn't she didn't she wasn't like she was just like I thought we came here to talk about the kids okay. And yet he still he, he talked about the kids and he was still professing his love to her and he was still like willing to put that past them. Mm-hmm. And her, I feel like to go off about her shame. Her shame could have came came with like, I don't know if we can get past it because that was her doubting herself. Mm-hmm. But maybe she didn't see that doubt. Long, she she no longer saw that doubt in him and thought, well, maybe it can work out. And that's why she sent him the text. You mean like maybe she had some time to think about it. Maybe I mean it didn't happen like right away or anything like that. If it happened like right away after that after that conversation, it'd have been like, all right, that's totally unbelievable. Yeah, I don't know. I mean that's that's how that's how I was reading. I'm not like I'm not negating like what you're saying. You know, I mean, like I said, you're dead on the inside sometimes. So <laughs> yes, I need a little extra drama to make it believable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, hey, maybe you want Mads all for yourself. I do. <laughs> No, maybe about that. No, maybe about that. Yeah, I have cats. I, I'm pretty sure he likes cats. Why do you think that? I don't know. He looks like a cat lover. <laughs> I think he's just an animal lover. No, Even. I have cats. That's it. <laughs> That's all that matters. Yeah. You love cats? Good. <laughs> We're together now. We're married. <laughs> we haven't even met yet. We're married. I know. Um, oh, and then like there's the character with... Um, to, 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 to keep going about like my little gripes with the movie is there's a the character, Peter... Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually curious to know more about him because it, he during the at the beginning of the movie he had he was revealing or he had revealed that like he'll never have kids mm-hmm. and that he wished he did have kids mm-hmm. you know and then like by the time he gets to the third act he, apparently he's been dating somebody mm. <laughs> you know it's just like wait when did that happen like like there was no inkling that like he was even pursuing to be with somebody I think they just wanted you to know that they were moving on mm. Like they didn't want, they didn't care that you saw them moving on because mm. that that stuff didn't matter. Mm. It was just that they had moved on. Mm, okay. Except for Tommy. Yeah, who was dead. Yeah. He couldn't move on any further because he was dead. <laughs> um, what was I gonna say? There's something. Oh, specs. Oh, that little dude. He like so idolized Tommy. Yeah, he loved the hell out of him. Yeah, because Tommy was like, "Come here, Specs. Like, you know, you be cool. Like, you know, there's even that there's that really good scene where Specs didn't have a water bottle, and he was like, "Oh, they didn't they didn't bring bring you water." He goes, "No, he goes, all right, come over here. Like, let me." It was so adorable, just like him, like helping yeah, the little guy, or like they're doing like their national anthem or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he has his right hand over his heart, but then he puts his left hand over his heart and then grabs <laughs> yeah. Tommy's hand instead while yeah. they're singing. Like, yeah, and Specs was the one who like led the song, the singing at Tommy's funeral. Yeah, Specs. Oh man, That's so cute. I know <laughs> he's a adorable guy. There was one moment where it looked like he really was crying, and then the next minute he was fine. You know what? That little kid can act. I mean, he like I'm sure it didn't require a whole lot, but for a child, that's a whole lot. He just had to kind of just look sad, depressed all the time. <laughs> there, I remember there was a kid that was like smiling at Tommy's oh, yeah. friend. I like was like, a little fucking shit eating grin. Yeah, right? I'm like, fucking kid. Like I didn't like that. I'm sure that wasn't part of the script. I was like, what the fuck's up with that kid smiling? <laughs> um, so I read, I read an, I read a, um, what's the word? 
like a theory or uh, uh, like a discussion of what like the final shot meant um, where, you know, Mickelson's character, Martin is like dancing. He's doing his like serious dancing and everything like that. Um, and then he like leaps. Right. Uh-huh. And it's like, it's like a freeze frame. Okay. So somewhere I read that, like, and I, and I kind of like subscribe to this idea that when he leaps, he's flying. Mm-hmm. But in the end, he will be drowning because he's he leapt oh. into the water. I think that's overthinking it. I think it's. Uh, uh. I think he's leaping. First of all, mm. I would rather see it as a leap of faith mm. because he's almost euphoric over the idea that him and his wife could reconcile. Like she wants it too. Mm-hmm. And so he's, he looks, they freeze frame and he looks like he's flying because he's euphoric, but also it's a leap of faith because mm. like that's the beginning. Oh, okay. I can see that. Yeah. I think that, yeah, I feel like that makes more, makes more sense. Um, yeah. Cause I'm sure, yeah, that actually makes more sense. Cause I would imagine that like if the camera was panned out further, for like more of a wider shot mm. at the shoulder water, you'd have been like, oh, it would have been like a glass empty half full kind of yeah. thing. Um, uh, yeah, and plus, like, he just helped these kids, like, pass his exam. Yeah, he was drinking <laughs> with them and shit, like... I thought that shit was so funny, and the fucking balls on, on the parents of those kids who were like, yeah, their history is hard, and they need to pass, so can you... They were, like, kind of, like, nudging Mickelson to, like, you know, just let him pass. I'm like, fucking the balls on these fucking parents to pull yeah. that shit. That's a very white thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, all in all, you enjoy this movie? I'll give it an A. Give it an A? Mm-hmm. That was a really great film. Yeah. Not an A+, plus, but mm. an A. I think you would give it an A+, plus if Matt Mickelson like, showed up right now and was like, you like my movie? You'd be like, A+. Plus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tar. Did the thought really like, just... His bam. face flashed across my mind and I saw his eyes and I'm like... Yeah. <laughs> okay. You would just have to look at me and be like, I love your movie. <laughs> Which one? All of them. I haven't seen them, but I love them. I know. Whatever whatever you're in, I love it. <laughs> whatever uh, you're going to be in next year, I love it. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> All right. Is there anything else? No. All right. So what have we got next? We are going to do our variety time. So Mark is pretending that he didn't see me when I, I was dancing. I did. I just saw you on my peripheral and ignored it. <laughs> That's what I was saying. You pretended you didn't see me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so what are we doing? The variety time was what? What the fuck did we? Do? What the fuck did we just watch? Yeah, and we watched Assassin. 33 AD. Oh my god, this movie. This is the best movie I've ever seen in my life. Uh, I know, honestly, I know we're kind of late to the party. This movie's been out since like last month, like November, maybe like November. Mm. And I've heard I've heard this movie talked about on two separate podcasts. Really? Yeah, but we decided to watch it. Oh my god. <laughs> oh shit. 
It's not a good movie, <laughs> but it is good. Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. So this is a quick synopsis. Uh, while doing research, a group of young geniuses <laughs> accidentally stumble upon a secret terrorist plot to create a time machine to go back in time and change history, a.k.a. kill Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> this is a full-on jerk-off Christian movie. Uh-huh. Like, I'm surprised Kirk Cameron didn't fucking produce this movie. So you did- thought his voice was in it? Yeah, yeah. It's a computer. <laughs> this is like I, Kirk Cameron. I'm sure Kirk Cameron's called call up his agent like, "Why the fuck was I not in this movie?" Blah 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 stuff. This movie's bad. It's it's um, we were watching <laughs> we were watching this movie at the same time as um, as my girlfriend, and we were all like in a text chat. Just like going back and forth and stuff like that. Even though Kelsey and I were in the same room, we're all in a text. Because I remember the for like, I think for a good 15, 20 minutes, you and I were just quiet. And we're just essentially texting each other, even though we're sitting next to each other. Yeah. Which is, that felt really weird. <laughs> that felt weird to you? Yeah, I was just like, because I'm so, because when you and I watch a movie, especially a bad movie, we were just talking back and forth like that, right? Um, it felt normal to me, because you're always texting while we're watching movies anyway. Yeah, that's true. Um... So, this one, it's it's racist, it's xenophobic. I mean, you can tell the producers of the producer, the writer, director was just like, yeah, most of the people are bad. They are all terrorists. They're kind of kill. They're trying to kill Jesus Christ. Yeah, and it's so poorly acted. <laughs> so there's a theory about Amy that we came up with. What was the theory? The theory is. That she was really smart in the beginning, and she said she was a genius. Yeah. But it's like, after that moment, it was like every scene you saw her, her boobs got bigger, and she got stupider. One hundo. One hundo. So, you know, her IQ is leaking into her boobs. Oh, my God. We kept pointing that out, too. Yeah. It was so bad. Um, And then, like, the character, the main character, his name was... um, Ram. Ram. (sighs) Um, yeah, the character's name was Ram, and like this dude, you get. Let me, you want? Let me look up because I feel like that was like, I feel like that was if if the character who played Ram is not the director, I'll be shocked as shit. (laughs) Really? Yeah, because it felt felt like the director was like, I'm this character. I will lead the story like this and like that. Mm. No, let me see. I can't find the character's name. Really? Yeah, I I see Ram, Ram's I see Ram's father. Oh, there we go, Morgan Roberts. Okay, never mind. <laughs> like I got like I got a sense of like the director. Yeah, you can tell the like the director. It's just like this is what I think about like about Muslim and Islam and stuff like that and radical terrorists mm-hmm. and just spewed it out into this film and then tried to give the main character all the best all the best lines even though they were all bad. Yeah, and a lot a lot of times this movie made. It made no sense. I was like, why are there five versions of them running around? Yeah. Like, and I didn't know that they, that's how it was for like a minute. <laughs> oh yeah. There, the, there's, I, there's a good 10 or 15 minutes. We we're just like, what the fuck is going on? Are they, all right. Okay. They went back in time, but there's another version back. But when this happened, wait, there's a third, like, it was so weird. Like it's, it's a jumbled mess. It's, it's, it's yeah. And then like mess. when people die, you're like, well, which version is that supposed to be? Like, yeah. What? <laughs> and and to go off what Kelsey said about the the character Amy, they have characters that are like start like you can tell like maybe the guy 
had good intentions at the beginning, like the the introduction to certain characters. Like there is the uh Oh my god, they didn't give the guy a name. He's the black character. Um who looks like a broke ass Snoop Dogg. Um <laughs> he didn't look he did not look like that. Oh Lamar Usher, that's his name. Is Lamar is that Usher's brother? No I'm all, no. What? <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, I'm like, oh, Usher must be Usher's brother. Never mind. Um, so, yeah, Lamar Usher, he plays like this scientist, right? Mm-hmm. And then at the at the movie progresses further and further, he just like, yo, man, what the hell's going on? Blah, 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 blah. It's like his scientific degree got thrown out the window. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they even said like he had like a bootleg copy of The Passion of Christ. Like, dude, what the f- how How more racist can you make this movie? Not just that, but they made sure that whatever hood he was speaking mm-hmm. or behaving like it mm-hmm. was very white friendly oh yeah absolutely oh yeah you can tell a white person wrote this fucking script like oh this is how they talk in the hood yeah um not just that they that a white person wrote it but it was definitely like mm. like you could not make a white person afraid by this black person <laughs> oh no he's one of the he's one of the safe Negroes. He's one of the good ones. <laughs> yeah, the one of the good ones, exactly. Yeah. And then the gall of like And he was the first one to die. <sighs> and then, like the gall of this of this movie to have <laughs> the characters the, the the uh like Jesus and his disciples and his followers who are obviously of um who are obviously Middle Eastern. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now they're white as fuck. With like they even made Jesus. It was obviously a white dude with green eyes, and it's just like they probably just dyed his hair brown. They, they killed some guy, and they're like, "Oh, is that that was Jesus?" And I was like, "Yeah, that was Jesus. Okay, cool." Yeah, I know. Then they killed someone else, and okay, that's Jesus. And then no, it wasn't. And then they finally found Jesus, and he mm-hmm. had like this fucking tattoo under his eye and shit. Oh my god, that's right. Holy shit. Yeah, and he was very his acting was. It was like Wait, okay, who's acting? The guy who played Jesus. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. He was like it was like the director told him, Okay, be really pretentious. Yeah, Jesus is a pretentious asshole. Yeah. Struck exactly. by lightning right now. <laughs> also the gall of this movie, like I can't tell if it's a real Christian movie or like a parody of one. For real? Do you swear this is a fucking parody? Because there's no way you can make a movie and be a real Christian and be like, this is great. We can bargain with God and Jesus like this and tell them that they're full of shit because they're not helping me. Correction. I think that's why this makes this. uh, You said, go back. You said that you didn't think this was a real Christian movie or, or. I couldn't tell if it was real or a parody. No, 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 no. You said like a real Christian would have made this, right? Oh, you couldn't tell. Well, I was saying like a real Christian would have like I don't think a real Christian could have made it. Oh, okay. That and been like, yeah, this is right that people can actually bargain with God this way. Like, I don't think I wouldn't want to depict that if I was Christian. Like, no, that, that's a real Christian. <laughs> like, I mean, that, I'm sorry, not a real Christian. So, because there's like this. I mean, we can get this whole discussion of like. Well, to me, that's like a poser, poser Christian. Here's the thing. I mean, Christianity they they have an idea. People people who are in the Christianity faith, and I'm not saying everybody. You know, but they have an idea that like they know the Bible the best way, the only way, and what they know is truth. Like well, that. Is that a- part to me is real, like okay. a, like believable. Okay. Just uh, the fact that this guy was like, I don't believe in God, and I'm gonna bargain with him, <laughs> and then 
I finally forgave someone. Oh, the forgiving part was so stupid. I, I forgave someone, and my girlfriend came back. Woo! <laughs> Miracles do exist. Yeah. Um, so this, you want some special effects? <laughs> I think at one point I was like, "Oh, that's a filter on my Facebook." <laughs> you did. There's like <laughs> it was like lightning and sparks. There is. There's this feature I used to have on my phone. I think it was a actually I think it was helped created by JJ Abrams and you can actually like make like an action movie setting in your through your phone, right? Mm-hmm. You just record something and then they put a filter on it and it, it'll look like you were in a tornado or like you're walking in front of an explosion or walking away from a, uh, an explosion or a car flipped in front of you. Mm-hmm. Some stuff like that. No lie, that stuff on my phone looked better than the shit that we saw <laughs> in this movie, right? There was even parts where like they were firing the gun and the sound of the bullets were not matching, like, the the movement of the gun or the handgun. Uh-huh. They're like, blah, blah. And then, like, that second is, like, them moving the gun later. Yeah, it was <laughs> like like if someone's keeping time and, you know, usually people bop their head on the beat. Yeah. But the gun was definitely firing its bullets and making the sound off the beat. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um I mean, there's I mean, there's so many issues with this movie. It's unbelievable. Even like the part with like the forgiveness of like, I feel like we should have been drinking while watching this movie. Yeah, I know. I think we should have really been drinking watching this. <laughs> and so what? Then at the end, you get like the one character who comes back in time. You're like, when was that supposed to happen? And he leaves like a note for another character. Yeah, there's like this part of the end of the movie where like. Holy shit, we're like, the character the character Ram, who's like, I guess it was supposed to be like the original version or some shit that went back the first time, mm-hmm. comes back, saves the day and everything like that, right? And then like, he, he disappears because he, I guess he fixed the timeline or some shit, right? But he like died. Okay. But then like, the Ram that was saved comes back, like, and it's it comes back in a so ham-fisted way. <laughs> Because, like, that version of Ram was, like, tied to a chair. And someone goes, like, hey, like, it's a random security guard, random security guard is going to be like, oh, you're going to want to see this. And he comes back, and he's still tied to the chair, but now he's standing up. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, hey, guys, what's going on? It was so fucking stupid. <laughs> and then, like, as the credits are, like, rolling, there's another version of Ram and Amy that were, like, shot and killed. But <laughs> they didn't die. Instead, like he picked up, he picked up Amy, took him to the time machine, and put him thirty years in the future for some reason. And they they hinted. Oh, because they wanted to like I think use medicine to save her. Yeah, one. How the fuck would he know going thirty years in the future is gonna save her? Two. Didn't he expect God to do that for him? Oh yeah, he was all about wasn't he? Should have been all about God at that time. Um, and then too, when he when we he goes in the future, there's obviously like some type of war going on, mm-hmm. but they're making it seem like oh he hasn't been chipped. <gasps> that means he doesn't have the mark of the beast. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> so here comes like a sequel idea or some shit if it ever gets off the ground. <laughs> That's so stupid. Also, he carries Amy around everywhere. Seriously, I think there was like at one point I had asked like, isn't she dead? Why is he just lugging her body around now? <laughs> And even in the end credit scene or the mid credit scene or whatever you want to call it, yeah, he's still still lugging her, her through a portal. <laughs> so fucking dumb. Um, 
uh, you know, in the beginning I was confused because I thought Rom was the younger version of the guy that was in the car accident. So I thought we were going to get like uh, how okay. he met his wife or something. Yeah, I thought the and same thing too. And then I got really confused for a little bit. Yeah, I, I definitely thought the same thing too. Speaking of that, speaking of that, okay. Um, I don't know if I talked, if I told you this or what I had realized, but like at the end, so the movie ends. So like they've, they've saved Jesus. They let Jesus get nailed to the cross and you know, Islamic terrorism is defeated for all eternity now or whatever bullshit they're trying to like mm. put in there. Um, and, oh, speaking of, speaking of which some of the characters, uh, it's speaking of, of, Middle Eastern characters. Some of them are are obviously not Middle Eastern. They're obviously like Latino. Yeah. Like even like the head ter- head terrorist is like Latino as yeah. fuck. Um. But yeah, there's like this end of the movie where like, um, the heroes have come on top, um, and one of the characters whose wife was killed, played by Heidi Montauk, which is like, that's a bad sign already. She's like a. You know who Tara Reid is? Mm-hmm. Okay, Heidi Montauk is like three feet lower than Tara Reid. <laughs> like there's... I've heard her name before. I just don't know what I've seen her in. She was on that show, The O.C. or whatever, like the reality show, like the real O.C. or whatever. I didn't watch that. Um, like there's, you know, there's like tiers of like blonde actresses, D-list actresses. Uh, like, yeah. like, And there's like, let's say the Tara Reid, right? Mm-hmm. Tara Reid is like there. And then there's... In, the, in a way to quote Brad, Brad Pitt's character, there's six feet of shit below that, and then there's Heidi Montag. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like the 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 guy who's like doubting God's existence or Jesus Christ's existence because his wife and his I guess his kid was killed in a car accident. Mm-hmm. The heroes go back in time to stop that car accident from happening. However, when they do that, they create a paradox because if that dude wife is not killed. Then he doesn't go and work for that terrorist organization who later he would end up help saving the the main hero. Therefore, the time machine would not have ever been created. Mm-hmm. Therefore, it would have never like it's, it's this one huge fucking paradox. Yeah, exactly. This is like, I mean, and I know and I know time travel is a hard thing to write in film. Mm-hmm. You can take any time travel movie and then pick it apart and be like, that doesn't make sense. Except for primer. I'm hearing primer is like the most accurate. Um but accurate. Th- <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, well, it's done by a mathematician, so. Yeah, gotcha. You know, it's done by me, Mark, mathematician. I think you already created a time machine you just don't want to say. Shh. <laughs> 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 um, but, like, in this case, this is, like, atrociously bad writing. Mm-hmm. Not just in the time travel part, but just d- d- plot d- acting. It's funny because the first person to really meet Jesus is a black guy. <sighs> And Jesus is supposed to know, like, everything. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it even says it, like, in the Bible. Yeah. He's like, what are you talking about? And he's, like, explaining his mm-hmm. life, his bad life of not having any money and shit. Like, yeah. And, and he's like, don't feel bad for me. Yeah. And there's, there's like, one part where, like, guys, like, talking to Jesus and Jesus is speaking, you know, uh... I, I forget what language what language they're speaking in, but obviously the black guy can't understand it. And then Jesus does like this closed eye roll back, like if he got uploaded from the Matrix. Like, all right, I know what I know now English. No, for me it was like inner eye roll. Like, let me tell this dumb motherfucker what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it's a 
like I think he rolled his eyes a couple times. That was the most pretentious Jesus I think I've ever seen. <laughs> he wasn't pretentious as fuck. <laughs> but yeah, it's I mean He's like he's like a best friend that you mm-hmm. don't know why you're friends with them, but you, you know <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> oh yeah, we just keep him around because we feel bad for him. <laughs> um Oh, you know what? Let me let me ask you this. Do you think this could be a drinking movie? Yes. I think it could. This is like take a shot whenever somebody is man mansplained. <laughs> <laughs> take a shot when like some uh some ethnic stereotype pops up or some shit. <laughs> yeah. You know, take a shot whenever the director like stroked himself. <laughs> um yeah, that's a bad film. <laughs> Take a shot every time you see um, someone who looks like a terrorist. You probably die of alcohol poisoning. I know, right? Take a shot. Uh, take a shot every time um, Amy's IQ drops. <laughs> take a shot every time her boobs get bigger. <laughs> oh, fuck! Be hammered. <laughs> uh, take a shot. You know, every time you see Ram in his underwear, and you see you see him in his underwear for like what twenty minutes or some shit. And like they that? want you to think he's sexy. Like you can see that he like maybe does yoga or something because mm-hmm. he's got like a six pack or something, but it's not like bodybuilding. This is what I think with that. I honestly think that the uh, let me find the actor's name. Uh, his name is. I found it earlier. His name mutant. What Something the Morgan. fuck? Oh, mutant. Oh yeah, there are mutants in this movie. Yeah, it was like Morgan's Morgan blah blah blah. Morgan Roberts. That's his name. Um, I think that the guy who who played Ram Morgan Roberts. I honestly think that he was like, I'm gonna move it. I'm gonna be in a movie. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Morgan Roberts. I'm gonna be in this movie. I'm, I gotta get a six pack. And he just worked out nonstop just to get that six pack. Mm. All right. And then he came on set and he was like, all right, I'm ready for like my scenes where I take off my shirt. And the dark is like, we don't have any scenes like that. No, but I got the sick ass six pack. I'm like, all right, fine. Your dad's a producer. <laughs> <laughs> you show your six pack. <laughs> so, yeah, that was our fun time watching that movie yes <laughs> you don't give it a name anymore <laughs> that movie assassin 33 ad which you can watch on amazon prime free or if you have amazon prime you can watch it i think we should do something about that for halloween next year <laughs> oh god yes yeah, so let's put like let's just just up as racial stereotypes yeah what you describe cannot be so it's a lot better than the other way listen a mob comes, and they take you, and then they beat you, and then they whip you, and then they nail spikes to your hands and feet, and they hang you on a cross. It ain't pretty. How do you know all these things? Well, uh, I'm from the future, and I've seen your movie. We got it on bootleg. Forgive me, Lord, I'm sorry. All right, what we got next? Next, we are doing our geriatric cinematic of leaving Las Vegas. We're going to let you go, okay? Okay. What are you going to do now? I thought I'd move out to Las Vegas. My heart is crying, crying. I just need some cash tonight. Please, don't drink it in here. Ben wasn't looking for a fresh start. Five hundred. $500 for a 93 Rolex Daytona. 
I'll do it. He wasn't looking for any trouble. I was wondering if you would buy me a drink. Do you mind if I buy her a drink? <sighs> and he wasn't trying to fall in love. I really wish you'd come home with me. You're so cute. And I'm really good in bed, too, believe me. No? Okay. But now, on the road to nowhere, he's about to take a detour. Hi! Are you working? Working? What do you mean working? I'm walking. It's pretty funny. If you'll come to my room for one hour, I will give you $500. I'm Ben. I'm Sarah. So brings you to Las Vegas. I came here to drink myself to death. Why don't you stay at my place? Okay. This film came out in 1995, and the synopsis is... Ben Sanderson, a Hollywood screenwriter who lost everything because of his alcoholism, arrives in Las Vegas to drink himself to death. There, he meets and forms an uneasy friendship and non-interference pact with prostitute Sarah. Directed and written by Mike Figgis. Um, the original novel was written by John O'Brien. It stars Nicolas Cage, Elizabeth Shue, and Julian Sands. Hmm. Um... So yeah, yeah, we did this movie because the theme with us or the topic of this episode is essentially alcohol. Um, I was actually really looking forward to showing this Kelsey this movie because she she only knows Nicolas Cage as like wild man Nicolas Cage, like screaming and just like Yeah, like you know, from Mandy. Yeah, and just like incredibly bad acting Nicolas Cage and stuff like that. Well, I've seen him in face off. But that's also a wild Nicholas Cage. <laughs> that is a wild Nicholas Cage movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I was just like, you know, I want Kelsey to see this movie because this is the movie that like Nicholas Cage won an Oscar for, and it's it got great reviews and critically acclaimed and everything like that. So I was like, let me have, let me show Kelsey this because I want to, I want to show Kelsey this movie that show Nicholas Cage can act. Yeah, it's good acting. Uh huh. Um. So Kelsey, what did you think of this one? I actually like this movie. Really. Okay. I know you couldn't read me. I, I couldn't I felt read you. I saw you keep looking over at me. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't read you. I well, okay. I couldn't read you, but I had already had this idea that it was going to be like a Debbie Downer for you because uh-huh. of the subject and how like it ends in a very, depending on how you look at it, it ends in a fa- on a very sad note. You know, mm-hmm. the fact that like Cage's character dies at the end, he, mm-hmm. he accomplishes it and everything. So I thought like, oh, this this movie not, might not sit well with Kelsey, mm-hmm. which is always my concern because you know, I, I want you to enjoy yourself. Whenever you watch something. No, you don't, because you're going to show me Justice League. You have to watch the bad to know what's good. I have. <laughs> I have. Okay. I watched that movie that you wanted me to watch that I hated. Meet the Feebles? Yeah. <laughs> I, know. I love how you know which one I'm talking Yeah. About. That's the only movie that you <laughs> that I made you watch, and you're like, I'm going to fucking hit you. <laughs> <This one. laughs> Normally, you'll just be like... That was stupid. I don't know why you watched it. Why I watch it, or why you made me watch it, or I don't get the appeal of it. This that one, you were just like. Well, you fuck. were in a funky ass mood that that night too. When watching Myth the Feebles? Yeah, you were, and you're like, I want to watch this, and like, and I was there, and I'm like, you didn't ask me, like, we didn't like talk about this, nothing. Mm. You were just like, I'm gonna put this shit on, and I'm gonna enjoy my time in my own. We're gonna coexist. Mm. In our own bubbles right next to each other. Because fuck you. 
That's like, Jesus. That's how it felt when you put that on. No, I just wanted you to watch some trash cinema. Like you huh? were not trying to share that with me. Oh. Uh. You just wanted to watch that. You want to watch it again? I'll, I'll better. Set, I'll set it up better. No. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> okay, so but back to leaving Las Vegas. <laughs> um, so what did you like about this one? What, what made you, what stuck out for you? Um, I I don't know why, but I'm definitely like a proponent of let people do what the fuck they're gonna do. Yeah, you absolutely are. Yeah. Um, even if it hurts you, mm-hmm. like, it, cause it's going to hurt you more to try to get them to stop, but you might as well enjoy the parts of them that you enjoy Yeah. while they're here. Mm. Um, so like, I like their relationship because she knows that he's an alcoholic mm-hmm. and he knows that she's a hooker and like, they don't care. They love each other. They know they're going to do what they're going to do. But yeah. at the end of the day, they're always back together. Like, yeah, they have like an understanding. Yeah. Mm. Um and so because her her life is based off of so much sex. Mm-hmm. Like I think the there was a point being made about the fact that she doesn't sleep with him mm. or like he doesn't really want to sleep with her. Yeah. He just wants someone to be with him like emotionally. Mm. Mm. Um and I think it's funny she's like, "Yeah, I know you're alcoholic. Here's, you know, more alcohol. Here's a can mm. like a little flask." Yeah. And he's like, you totally get me. I love you. That is a really great scene when he, when she's, when she bought him stuff. She got him like that shirt that he bleeds all over later on. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that scene where like he gives her, um, where she gives, she, I'm sorry, she gives him the flask, and she's, he's like, you totally get me. That's some people would look at that and be like, that's relationship goals. Some people would, and but yeah. I felt a lot of people probably would look at that and be like. She's You're enabling, enabling him. him. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. Like, this movie, like, I really like that part where he's on the couch and he and she's like, just move in with me. You know, and he's like, well, I'm a drunk. I'm going to stumble over the place. It's, gonna be throwing. it's not, it's not going to be pretty. He, he's like warning her, like, it's not going to get better. It's just going to get worse. Yeah. You know? And, and he even tells her, like, don't tell me not to drink. Yeah, he, he, tells, he says, like, I'll move in, but just swear to not to tell, to never tell me to stop. And she's like, yeah. And it's, I don't, I don't want to say it's sweet. It is kind of heartbreaking because you can tell this woman who, um, like when we first introduced Elizabeth Shue's, Elizabeth Shue's character, she just talks about like how she can get guys off, like how, how much her pussy is worth and everything, right? Mm-hmm. So we have an idea that like her character, sex has been her whole life. Mm-hmm. She was a hooker in L.A. You get an idea that she was groomed from being 16 by that one guy who yeah. was played by Julian Sands. Yeah, exactly. And, like, she encounters somebody who, uh, Nicholas Cage, who proposed to her, like, let me give you, like, $250 to fuck me. And I'll give you, like, an additional 500 Go back to the room. She's, like, she's giving him, like, a bow job and everything. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, no, I just want to talk. And that's, like, the first, like, real connection that she's ever had. You know, although it's not ideal mm-hmm. for like other people, it's ideal for her. Yeah. Because she knows she sees him as like, you don't just see me as sex. You see me as somebody you just want to be with. Yeah. Which that's kind of like leads me to like this touching, touching story between the two. Yeah. Like the way you kind of sold this movie to me before we watched it, you're mm. like, I don't know about this. Probably gonna, it's probably too sad for you. Mm. And I thought it was just gonna be him like raging alcoholic the whole time. Mm. 
He wasn't a raging alcoholic. He was just a mellow alcoholic. Yeah, there's uh, there's only... Dude, the cat took off. That's because um, he took a shit, and he's like, oh, shit, and then he left. Yeah, wants <laughs> us to smell it again. Um, That's why we got the candles. <laughs> yeah, there's only, like, really one part where Nicolas Cage, like, loses it. Right, he's, like, screaming, and, like, he, like, tips over, like, a blackjack table and everything. Mm-hmm. But I think it's done well. Because we have an idea of what happened before the movie started. Mm-hmm. You know, we have like little bits and pieces of like, oh, he was married, he had a kid, and the wife left him. Yeah. You know, but, but we don't know like the extent of the relationship. If it was like a good one, if she cheated on him, if it was just alcoholism, or what was it? You know, if the alcohol was the thing that kicked it off, or did the inner relationship kick off the alcohol? Mm-hmm. Um, but then we there's that part where he's like pulling the table and he's like you can't take him away from me you can't take him away we get more of an insight, um, but it's not that's the um, the story doesn't focus on that completely because I think it would take away from what we're seeing then and there. Yeah, like it's already been done. And yeah. Don't he now he's where he is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this this movie is based off of a book by John O'Brien. Um, I'm actually I really want to read this book because I found out that. Um, two weeks after the movie had um, went to production, he committed suicide. Mm-hmm. And that his father, uh, John O'Brien's father, said, like, yeah, leaving Las Vegas, that was his suicide note. Yeah. So I'm, like, curious to, like, read that book and to get more into the characters. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? I don't really... It's weird because the movie also does something where it's like, yeah, people can accept each other. Mm -hmm. And you get into like this bubble with them. Like it's very loving, Mm -hmm. even with their flaws. And then it turns dark because they still are flawed. Mm -hmm. And so it's like you get taken out of their bubble. Yeah. Not out of the story, but out of their bubble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like. And I think that's really realistic. Oh, okay. You know, like, people really do get, like, mm. enchanted with things. And, like... You talk about Elizabeth Shue character enchanted with uh, Nicolas Cage's character? Or? No, them, like, together. Like, oh, okay. Like, their relationship goals until they're not. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because she doesn't want him to die. Yeah, and even, she even, like... Yeah, like, there's that really... It's funny, because, like, it's that really touching part where she's like, can you just please go to the doctor? And he's just like, like, no, I'm not going to the doctor, right? Mm -hmm. Like, some people... I know some people would look at it as, like, well, she was trying to save him. But I I would see it as, like... I I would see it, like, after that conversation... After that conversation that they had at the dinner table, I think she had realized she was like, there's just no saving him. So, like like you had said, like, it, I just had to spend my time with him while I can. Yeah. Um, even, like, at the, up to the ending, where she was there when he died. It was a very... I think it was, like, the most intimate... Mm-hmm. One of the most intimate scenes in the movie. Uh, there's that one particular scene I love so much when, like, they're at the... I think it's called, like, the Desert Inn mm-hmm. Hotel. And... He's like, he says, like, we should just stay here. Oh, no, no. He says, like, hey. No, he says, like, I like this place. And she goes, we should just stay here. It was a very, like, beautiful, touching moment. Because they were, like, away from Vegas. And it was, like, this darkness. But it was, like, 
the shot, you can see the city lights, mm-hmm. and it almost looked like they were like staring off in the stars. Yeah, like under, under like a manufactured night sky. Yeah. Um, what did you think of the performance in this movie? I li- I like the performance. Mm. Um, I'm trying to figure out which part uh-huh. Nicolas Cage would have gotten an Oscar for. Okay. I think most of the movie he was. It's hard. I like. You gotta be talented as fuck to win an Oscar for playing a drunk guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Most of the time he was too mellow for me to really care about him that much. Mm-hmm. But there were times where it poked through, especially when he was bouncing off of... Um, Elizabeth Shue? Yeah. Well, would you be surprised to know that Cage, Nicholas Cage would film himself like drunk to like study his speech pattern so he can actually like emulate that? No. Because you told me that yesterday. Did I? Mm-hmm. Or earlier today, you told me all oh. about that already. Really? Because I just found that out right now. No, you didn't. Yeah, I swear to God, I was just like, oh, that's interesting. No, you did tell me did that. Did I tell you that? Yes. Damn. Maybe it's all that drinking I need to stop. Inception. <laughs> Inception. <laughs> Inception. <laughs> if we ever... <laughs> you know what? I'm going to start something now. If if one of us ever blows each other's mind, we're just going to be, Inception. <laughs> No, but that time you blew your own mind. I know. Inception. <laughs> but yeah. So mm. now I'm not surprised because you told me. <laughs> All right. Never mind. Then. <laughs> Book it. <laughs> um, oh, okay. So uh, what was so okay? What was the scene? Because I, I, I cut you off. What was the scene you thought that Nicolas Cage was kind of, what was probably the scene that he won the Oscar for? I don't know. There was like a time where you could tell that he was upset by something. I don't remember what scene in particular it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I just know that there was a scene that he was like, not not the scene where he flipped the table or whatever, mm-hmm. but oh, was it the, was it the scene where they were at the uh, at the mall and he was putting the earring in her ear? I think there was, yeah, maybe because he was like he was like obviously pissed off that she had to go work that night. Yeah. Mm. Which is funny because his was more subtle. Mm. Like, I'm going to, like, poke at you a little bit. Yeah. But it wasn't, like, outright, like, go to the doctor. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I got you. I got you. Um, I, 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 there's, there's one thing I enjoy. They, they were sprinkled around this movie, but the, the times where Nicolas Cage... Nicholas Cage was just kind of just being silly, mm-hmm. like just saying, like using big words that he knew nobody would know or like speaking a dialect that people would be like, what the fuck is he saying or why is he talking? Mm-hmm. Like there's that scene in the bar where that woman is like, oh, you want to buy me a drink or whatever? You know, then we'll go back to your room. We'll fuck for all night, blah, blah, blah. And he like tells that, he tells the guy, the girl's boyfriend, like, oh, you're a lady and I going to spend a couple of hours together. No, 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 Like all swashbuggly <laughs> and shit like that. Yeah, I like that. Um, damn, I forgot how good an actress uh, Elizabeth Shue used to be. I haven't the 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 one thing I saw her in recently was um, the Boys. She was good in that too. But I, I remember seeing Elizabeth Shue in a bunch of stuff. And I was like, damn, that woman's a great actress. I don't think she's ever won an Oscar for anything. Which Probably is, not. Which is very dis- uh, very heartbreaking. Yeah. Well, she was fine as fuck in this movie. Mm-hmm. Used to have a huge ass crush on Elizabeth Shue. Yeah. Um. So, and she wasn't your typical skinny, 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 like woman either. 
Yeah, she, she has like thick legs. Oh yeah. Yeah. She looked like a woman that like would like slap you across the face and you say like harder. <laughs> <laughs> Which her character probably would condone. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um that's how that's why I wanted to mention. I just remembered it now. Okay. So this movie shot in ninety five. Mm-hmm. This movie looks like it was made for television, like it like it looked like it never like would have a lifetime this. movie. Yeah, like a lifetime movie. This movie because like the way how it's like shot, mm-hmm. and I I found out it was shot like this because it was a very very low budget film, mm-hmm. so they had to work with whatever they could, and even some of like the music mm-hmm. it is like okay that's kind of like overly dramatic like jazz music and stuff like this, this movie's like nineties as fuck. Um. But yeah, even like the way how the credits are coming up and everything, I'm thinking like this is like a made-for-TV movie. Even though I've seen this movie before, I was like, this is a made-for-TV movie. One of the one of the um, songs that they played made me think of The Mandalorian because it was very fluty. Oh, right. yeah. was it at the opening credits? No, it was towards the end of the movie. Oh, okay. It was like very fluty. <laughs> you hear it. Um. There's that, and then also, um, I feel like this movie, Nicolas Cage made this movie because he was sad that he couldn't play Superman, so he had to get really, really drunk and die. There, You know what? Speaking of getting drunk, <laughs> there was this skit on... Did you ever watch Mad TV growing up? A few times. There was this skit um, where... Um, it had been announced that Nicolas Cage was going to play Superman in the mm. Tim Burton film, right? And there were comedians and comedy skits written left and right of like why that's a bad idea and this is so stupid. And this is coming off of his um, leaving leaving in Las Vegas, like Oscar win. And Matt TV did a skit of Nicolas Cage playing <laughs> playing Clark Kent, but he was his character from Leaving Las Vegas. <laughs> And it essentially is just like a drunk Superman walking around. <laughs> like, and there's a scene where like he's in the, he's in a telephone booth and he he has he has a sports jacket and like um like he has his bit his he has a Clark Kent outfit on, mm-hmm. but you can see obviously still with Superman underneath it, mm-hmm. and he's like on the phone booth. He's like, yeah, Daily Bugle. Uh, no, I think it's like the Daily Planet. Yeah, Daily Planet. I know who Batman is. Batman's Bruce Wayne. <laughs> He's like joking. <laughs> it's so bad. Um, so, let me see. Is there, um, uh, I, is there anything else you want to discuss about this movie? Anything that stuck out with you that you liked? The whole I thought it was real interesting how Yuri was a problem and then he wasn't. Oh, yeah, he was a problem like real fucking quick. Like, just boop, taken out. Yeah, like, I thought that was really weird. Mm-hmm. But also, like, I'm glad they got rid of him because then the story could progress. I don't think it really would have progressed if he was still in it. Yeah, I, it probably would have been, like, the typical stereotype of, like, uh, oh, you know, the the protagonist has to, like, go up against the, the girl's pamper to rescue her. Kind of like a taxi driver kind of thing, but less psycho. Yeah. Um, I would imagine the book, that the, the pam probably has, like, a lot more to do in the story. Or like that one movie we watched that we both really fucking enjoyed. Which one? Remember, um, I think it's the one with um, Ray Liotta. Uh, Goodfellas? No. Ray Liotta? And it was, Recently? 
like the guy goes off with the girl that he doesn't know. Oh, God, I keep fucking forgetting the name of that movie. Um, yeah, Jeff Daniels, Ray Liotta. Uh, oh my God, we gotta. I gotta find that movie. We did an episode on that movie too. Yeah, we did. Um, but it was really great. It's just hard to remember the name of the movie. Something wild. Yeah. So, oh, wait. Okay, so you said it would have been more like that. No, I'm saying it's hard to do something that good like that. Oh, Otherwise, okay. it's just a piece of shit. But that one did oh, it well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're saying like to make like uh, like the pimp or the ex-boyfriend or something like that. A like problem. That, yeah, yeah, or that engaging. You're like, what the fuck's going to happen? Yeah. Damn, that movie was, oh, that movie was <laughs> fucking wild. I always can't remember the name of that movie because I can remember the something. Yeah. But I can't remember the wild part. That's the thing. Like, yeah, when it comes to something wild, like... Then I think about something about Mary. I'm like, no, that's totally wrong. Totally different movie. (laughs) Yeah, whenever I think of something wild, I can, like... I can just talk about that movie nonstop. Be like, this movie happens crazy, this and this. But the name always fucking escapes me. Yeah. I'll probably forget the name of the movie tomorrow. Yeah, me too. Probably in five minutes. <laughs> probably right now. <laughs> <laughs> what movie were we talking about? I don't know. <laughs> Ray Liotta with Goodfellas, right? <laughs> um, okay, so... Okay, so do you think this movie still holds up? Uh, leaving Las Vegas. Yes. Yeah, I, I fully agree. I haven't seen this movie... Maybe in about ten years or something like that, but I I still think it holds up. Um, it's very different where like like alcoholism is like a is a point in the movie, but it's not the focal point. It's just a means to like get to the end of the movie. Yeah, you know. And uh, even like while watching this movie, I, was, I I kept thinking like, damn, this movie's written. I mean, it's it's written by the screenplay is written by Mike Figgis, but it's based off the book. But like, I kept thinking like. I can tell this was like a fucking book. Even mm. when I first saw it, before I knew it was a book, I was like, I can tell this movie was like a book at one point because it's very like because the pacing, the pacing, and like the 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 dr- dramatic nature of like oh the alcohol is just falling apart, you mm-hmm. know, it's just like all that kind of stuff, and like kind of discovering yourself through like poisoning your body. It's 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 written in a very dramatic kind of way, yeah. in the good way though. Yeah. Okay, so I'm asked. I'm asked a bonus question. Do you think Nicholas Cage uh, earned that Oscar? I'm going to say no. <gasps> For leaving Las Vegas? No? No. Why? Oh, I got to hear your reason why. Because most of it, he's acting drunk. Like. Yeah, acting. No, you know what? There is a scene mm-hmm. that What's I it? do really like. What scene was that? It was closer towards the end. Okay. And it's, I think it's when they are having dinner. I think it is a dinner scene because his eyes are like dead. Oh, yeah. Okay. I like that scene, and I think, I think, if he got an Oscar, it should be just for that scene. But honestly, mm-hmm. like, I thought it was a great movie, but mm. he like, he really was like a drunk guy. He really was a drunk guy. Let me see. You know, like what? That's not appealing. Like, it's not a bad movie. I'm just saying, like, why would you give an Oscar to a drunk guy? Okay. Let me let let's here. Let me find out what was uh, let me see who, who was nominated for that year, uh, nineteen ninety six for the Oscars for Best Actor. Um, okay, so let me see. Okay, so Best Actor winner was Nicolas Cage. Okay. Oh wow. Hmm. Oh, I think. Oh, I remember watching that one. Okay, so Richard Dreyfuss was nominated for Mr. Holland's Opus. 
Anthony Hopkins was uh, Nixon and Richard Nixon, Sean Penn and Deadman Walking, and Mamisio Chirosa. Oh, and the postman. Hmm. Oh, postpartum. <laughs> what? You know oh, what's postpartum. funny? What? I think you're going to ask me, do I think that he's stacked up against any of the other people? Oh, no, I'm not going to ask that because I, I know you've never seen any of these movies. <laughs> I have. Because <laughs> I was like... Don't tell me he's going to ask me that. He's so stupid. I know. I'm not going to ask you that. Um. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. I've not seen any oh. of those movies. Okay, let me see. Richard Dreyfuss, Mr. Holland's Opus. I don't no. even know who Richard Dreyfuss is. You've seen <laughs> what, at least one of his movies. Fucking Jaws. The scientist from Jaws. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know you know who Anthony Hopkins is. Yeah. Okay. All right. And Sean Penn, right? I'm getting him confused with Hugh Grant. <laughs> like Sean Penn. You say Sean Penn and Hugh Grant's face comes across my mind. That bang you sent with me to take it off my head. I was like, fuck this. I'm done. <laughs> I, I know I would know him if I saw him. Mm. Okay. Okay. In my opinion, let me see. <laughs> I don't, let me see. Richard Dreyfuss, no. Because that, his movie was too, like, hopeful and hokey and Hollywood-esque. Nixon, probably. Uh, Anthony Hopkins and Nixon, no. Because I, I, have, I have kind of an issue when actors are nominated for roles. But they're just, they're just doing impersonations. You know, like, yeah. oh, I'm this person. Blah, 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 you know, it's just like, all right. Sean Penn. I haven't. I remember watching Dead Men Walking, and his performance was really great. I think at that time, people just didn't like Sean Penn because he was an ass. Well, he's always been an asshole, but more so back then. Yeah. So I can see why Nicolas Cage would have won this Oscar. he was the lesser of five evils. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, let me see. You guys all lost to a drunk guy. Mamiso Torosi. I don't, I don't know who that guy is. I've actually never seen anything with this dude. And The Postman. Oh, is it? Wow, it's a foreign film. Okay, Italian film. Um, oh, yeah, so Nicholas Cage won by default. <laughs> Pretty much. That's what we discovered this episode. Yeah. He won by default. <laughs> um, like, really, nothing was going on in 1995. Yeah. Uh, if I didn't say it, yeah, I, I think this movie still does hold up. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I still enjoy the performance. There's that rape scene that's, it was still hard for me to get through. I was like, ugh. Yeah, I know. Me too. That was pretty rough. Um, but, you know, I think it's still a good movie. I enjoyed the fuck out of it. Mm. Except for the racing. Did not enjoy that. You're a man. I thought you would love that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, I will backhand you. <laughs> that makes it even worse. Um, okay, so we good? That's it? Yep. All right, cool. Uh, well, I thank you all for joining us on this week's episode. Um you can find this episode on all podcast catchers, uh, Spotify, Podbean, uh, Apple, uh, Amazon Music, Pandora, and all that jazz. Um, next week, we are going to be. Uh, it's kind of. A, it's been kind of a. It's going to be kind of a slow week. Um, so we're going to go ahead and do a recent review of "I'm Your Woman." Uh, I am your woman. I already came up with the title. <laughs> for the for the next week's episode yeah let's keep that let's let's keep that let's let's surprise them next week um so i'm your woman is streaming on amazon prime right now and uh 
with that, we're going to combine it with our Jared to cinematic, which is the French connection. Um, I've been wanting to show Kelsey this movie for a couple of years now. I love it. It's a great seventies crime thriller. Mm-hmm. Um, the French connection is currently streaming on stars or you can, it is available to rent on Amazon, Apple TV, Google play, or YouTube. Uh, the topic is the wonderful time of life, love, and crime. Mm-hmm. So great. So <laughs> awesome. Um, so, yeah, we're going to bid you guys adieu. Uh, we hope everybody is being safe. Everybody. Everybody. <laughs> is, uh, is being safe out there. Wash your hands. Put on your damn mask. Uh, if you're listening out in Georgia, go out and vote. Because we, it would be nice to take the Senate and, you know, for the Democrats and, you know, have, I don't know, a functioning administration. Yeah. Be really great. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, but before we go, I'm going to leave you guys with a, with a nice little story. Uh, I believe we talked about this maybe a few episodes back of the last time I was in Vegas, mm-hmm. which I had gotten. Do you mean the last time other than when we drove through? I don't think that counts. I mean, we drove through it. But I don't think that counts. <laughs> we were uh, there. It counts. <laughs> yeah, I get you. Yeah, physically, we, we we were we were a material in a place. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but before that, that time before, recently, I got food poisoning out in Las Vegas, and apparently, I didn't learn my lesson. Mm-hmm. I'm in the bathroom, throwing up and everything, and the person I was with at the time, she came into the bathroom and she was like are you okay you need anything you need anything to help and i i got food poisoning from eating uh what's it called uh from the buffet from like i think it's like some bat chicken or something like that that's where i got my food poisoning from and so and the that's person, why you hate everybody's chicken except your own exactly um so yeah uh, the person i was with came to the bathroom she's like is there anything you need you know what you know anything that makes you feel better and i was able to stop what i was doing i was able to stop throwing up and i remembered uh, <laughs> what was that? It's, that was patches. It was patches. <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm going to let Kelsey finish off that laughing. Continue. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, she she asked me if there's anything I need. And like I said, I, I, I just remembered a scene from leaving Las Vegas. Because I looked at her and I said, we could get prime rib. They got it on sale for $2.99. I love that dress. <laughs>